What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Courting the Field podcast. My name is Carl Jones, and I'm joined here today with my co-host, Sean Flannery. What's going on, Sean? What's up, CJ? How you doing? How's everything going? Hey, man. I'm all right. You know, school's starting up, so I'm transitioning with that. You feel me? Uh, Got to get, get back used to taking classes and doing schoolwork again. You know, I was, all, I was out all the spring because I graduated in December, so that's I get used back to that. What about you? Hanging in there, schools, same old, same old. Uh, basketball's going well. Um, getting some good news, or it seems like it, is, you know, some of the um, the NCAA guys are saying that a target date of, of starting the season is early December, late November, which, you know, any news now, positive, is good news. And hopefully we get a season to start up before the, before the new year. So looking forward to that, and uh, hopefully some more good news to come. Yeah, for sure, man. It's looking like uh, – I mean, college football has started, um, mm-hmm. but the Power Five has not. And they'll look like they'll be starting this upcoming week, so I'm excited about that. And hopefully if that's successful, then, like you said, college basketball will be up and running in whatever capacity it is this year. But let's get, back, let's get right into it, man. The NBA bubble has been a lot going on, a lot of interesting things that has mm-hmm. transpired since we've last been on here. Um, for me, I think the – biggest takeaway that I've seen so far is the Eastern Conference, man. I mean, they don't have necessarily the star power that the West has, but it's been some great basketball going on, some surprises with the Milwaukee Bucks being down 3-1 to the Miami Heat. Um, That's been unreal to see and see how that's uh, unraveling. And then also in the other series with the Raptors and the Celtics, man, that's been been great basketball. Uh, It's been just fun to watch. Yeah, it's been crazy. Um, I know, like you said, we've talked about earlier off the off air about Giannis kind of possibly needing, you know, that second player, that maybe finisher or um, just another player on the wing that, you know, Middleton really hasn't been for him. And, um, you know, seeing the way they played at the end of the game, well, tonight or last night when you guys hear this, but um, the way they played without him was kind of encouraging. You know, they moved the ball a little bit better. Um, they seem to knock down some shots when needed. And hopefully, you know, the way that this is set up, it's so different and unique. You just never know what will happen. There's no home court advantage. Um, I do think Miami's going to win it now just because it's 3-1 and they're too good of a team to, you know, squander this lead. But um, it'll make it interesting. Who knows if Giannis can come back and make it. But, you know, my my pick Toronto coming out of the East, you know, they're looking a little bit better. Um I've, I heard on the Bill Simmons podcast, you know, this is a team with experience, the champs. They're not just going to roll over, and they really haven't. So that shot by Ananobi really sparked something for them. Um, they're looking pretty good right now. And it's two interesting series that, you know, we're excited that we have a little bit more basketball left before we move on. Yeah, man. And going out west, obviously, you got two juggernauts out there with uh, the Lakers and Clippers, but the Rockets and Nuggets, <laughs> both alike, aren't making it easier for either of them. Um, that's going to be interesting as well. Um, the Rockets and Lakers play in about an hour, so that's going to be interesting by the time you guys hear this, um, see how they, um, how that game goes. I mean, like we talked about last time we were on air, the Rockets play so unique that it takes a little bit to get used to. Um, no one else in the NBA plays that brand of basketball where it's small ball for all 48 minutes. So I think that early on in the series, it's going to be an interesting look for the uh, Lakers and see how they combat it. Do they stay big or do they – cave in and go small so that would be interesting to see and then uh out on the other side I think with the Nuggets and Clippers I think the Clippers are the superior team but it was kind of weird to see them just fall over uh last night so yeah 
No, I agree. I mean, I I think the, the Clippers are just better top to bottom than the Nuggets, and I think a lot of people can acknowledge that. And I don't think they will have a problem with them. I think it's kind of just a little hiccup in the road. Um, who knows? We'll see going forward. I, uh, I, I presume that the Clippers will win the next three and kind of move on without a problem. As for the Lakers, you know, with Houston, um, it's interesting because – like you said, we've talked about this. They're so unique that it's just almost you have to change your game entirely. And the, the Rockets during the regular season were the only team to beat the Lakers twice by more than 10 points. So coming in, they had a little bit of confidence. And, you know, if they're hitting their shots, if they're getting guys like P.J. Tucker, Daniel House, Austin Rivers to step up, you know, they'll be, they'll be in a solid position. And I saw P.J. Tucker was guarding A.D., obviously, in, in some cases. And I think he's like 6'6". Six, six. Is he 6'6"? Six, six? In, in stilettos. <laughs> well, anyways, but he's like, I know I'm not that tall, but you know, it, it's not about that. It's about your heart and everything. And I'm thinking to myself, this man is six six, six five, saying he's not that tall. I don't care who you're playing against. You are still a tall human being compared to me. But you know, he, him, uh, Covington, those guys are holding their own against them. Harden's even playing some defense, and in a series and in a playoff where Russell Westbrook does not look like he knows what he's doing, at least until the last game. Um, you know, it's good to see the Rockets kind of stepping up in a way that, you know, lot, not many people thought they would challenge the Lakers, at least to a capacity of, you know, possibly winning the series. That's that's interesting as hell. I just I can't wait for this game tonight. Um, mm -hmm. Not a big uh, Harden and Russ guy, although they're unreal talents, like phenomenal top 10, 15 guys in the league, hands down, maybe five. But just I'm a Steph guy, LeBron guy, so you know how that goes. Um, yeah, before before we move on a little bit, going off like talking about top five players, players in this league that you know we're starting to see come come to fruition and uh, kind of take over the league. But uh, so right now we're in the Eastern Western Conference semis. Who would you say would be your playoff MVP if you had to choose one today? If I had to choose one today, so when you asked me this uh, question off air, the first answer that came to mind to me was Kawhi because I thought that the Clippers looked kind of unsettled at times in that Mavericks series and he was always the guy to get them on track but I think it would be disingenuous for me to say anybody but Jimmy Butler um, what they've done to the Bucks. Um, I mean I was doing my research before this and outside of maybe the Spurs in 2011 or 12 when they lost to the Grizzlies when they were high seed this might be just as bad as the we believe Warriors team upsetting the Mavs in 07. Like this is unprecedented, a, a one seed, one seed losing this early, in the fashion that they are. So I think that I have to give kudos to the best player on that team and how he's commanding that Heat team, and they're all galvanizing and rallying behind him. And it's it's unreal to see. It's it's I, he will be my yeah. MVP. No, I agree with you. I'd I'd say Jimmy Butler as well, and and. Uh, it's kind of funny because he's taken over. Like he's he's not a guy that we looked upon as you know a, a perennial superstar that you build a team around, and they they really haven't built their built their team around him. But you know they just gel so well together, and he's almost taking like the the bad guy role of the NBA and of the bubble, which is kind of cool to see. Kind of almost like a a role that we wish LeBron or even Giannis to take over. You know, like just pissed off at everything and. You know, after everyone else, I'm just going to go win this game, regardless of me putting up 40 points like he's done. Or he put up six points, I think it was, the other night. But, you know, they're winning games, and you can't argue with his effort and the way the, the, Heat team have been, the Heat team has been playing so far. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I don't know about the consistency aspect of it, but right. even the game where they only scored – he only scored 
single digits, he still made a huge impact with his uh, leadership and how he was playing well on the defensive end of the floor, making it tough for uh, Middleton and Giannis to get into their sets and get into their, their spots. So I think for both of us, I think it was a good idea to give the MVP of the first two rounds to, uh, mm -hmm. to Jimmy Buckets. Transitioning a little bit to the NFL, my sport, uh, football. <laughs> uh, we're not just going to be a basketball pod. Obviously, we uh, both play both sports, uh, basketball and football growing up so we got passions for both and we're gonna the nfl starts this week and so does the power five uh in college football so flan and i just have some quick questions and quick things that we're uh pondering about going into the nfl season uh, going forth starting thursday with the chiefs and uh texans big mahomes and watson battle thursday night so that's gonna be interesting but you can start it off yeah, so obviously being from Cleveland and a Cleveland homer, uh, the Browns are a big thing. Like, I don't need to remind you or anyone listening of that. But, you know, Baker Mayfield, year three, new coach, all these weapons. They just put, at the time, Austin Hooper, when they signed him, was the highest paid tight end in the league. Um, I think someone just signed a better that recently. Um, you know, they got Odell, Jarvis, you know, Nick Chubb. I could, we could go down the line, Kareem Hunt, whoever improve their offensive line, um, signing Conklin, I believe, and drafting a left tackle. So, you know, they're doing everything for this man. They're throwing money um, out there for him to help him, you know, improve and actually fall into this role. It's, and, and I think this year, I think many people are agreeing with this, is that it's a make or break year for him. And um, hopefully he kind of come back to that, you know, end of his first season type form where the Browns were actually competing for a playoff spot, which is crazy to think that now he's in year three and we're thinking about dishing this guy off to the side of the road, but it's rightfully so, you know, he didn't produce last year, whether it was with Freddie kitchens, you know, problems there, or just kind of a lack of trust for his other teammates around him. But, you know, they're, like I said, they're dishing money out to players. They're making moves. Um, and it's kind of a make or break year for him and the whole Browns organization, you know, with Odell signing a huge contract. Jarvis got a lot, has a lot of money towards him. Um, it's a young, exciting team with a lot of talent on the roster. But as we've seen in years past, that doesn't win you any games. Yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to take the same take as you. But being a Cleveland guy, that's definitely my number one thing. Just want to see what the hell's going on with Baker in that offense. Was it Baker or was it Freddie last year? I guess we're going to find out relatively shortly, week one. Mm -hmm. But um, for me, outside of the Browns, I think it's the Cardinals. Um, usually there's a team uh, every year in the NFL who takes the league by storm and comes from out of nowhere. I mean, you think of the 49ers last year, although they had the recipe and with a great coach in Shanahan, they just weren't put all together. Obviously, Jimmy G got hurt the year prior, but they just came out of nowhere and went to the Super Bowl. Um, but for me, it's the Cardinals. Um, watching them last year, they had promise. I mean, obviously, you have a, a good young guy in Kyler Murray. Um, they just got DeAndre Hopkins from the Texans. Um, they drafted Isaiah Simmons in the first round. I'm really interested to see how they take that next step. Uh, I don't know if that is the Super Bowl. I don't know where that is. But I'm interested to see how Cliff Kingsbury, um, his second year for the, with the Cardinals, and how he uh, – they mesh together and they take that next step because I think that I have a lot of trust in Kyler. I think he's really good. We'll see what that on the other side of the ball, what the defense can uh, do, but I'm really interested to see what steps, if any, they take this year. Absolutely. No, those are two good takes and uh, looking forward to the NFL season starting up shortly as well as the college football season beginning here soon too.
For sure. Well, enough of us talking because, I mean, I'm sure that you guys want to hear from our guest. Um, good guy, man. We uh, grew up with him, both of us. We both got our unique stories and how we came to be friends and little bros to this guy. Um, Mike Newton, uh, former Eds guy. He's currently in the professional ranks in the G League right now. So you guys will be hearing shortly from him. So um, without further ado, you'll hear from him after this sponsor. Joined here today with a special guest of ours, uh, former St. Edward High School alumnus, head coach of the Warriors gaming squad, Santa Cruz Warriors development coach, Mike Newton. How you doing today, Mike? I'm good, CJ. I'm good. Thanks for having me, CJ and Sean. I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming out. We appreciate you taking your time. Uh, we just kind of talked briefly before the start and you've been busy. Um, just finished up, I believe, that the 2K tournament um, a few days ago and just got back from a wedding. So kind of getting back on your feet. Um, just kind of, first of all, like I said, got back from that, the tournament. Uh, I see that you guys lost in the finals. Um, mm -hmm. Just kind of recapping that. How was that? How did that go? You guys made it pretty far, obviously, mm -hmm. but uh, maybe a disappointing ending, but just kind of take it away from there. For sure. Um, you know, it's mixed emotions. You know, I'll start with the good. Um, my first year as a 2K head coach, uh, you know, obviously coming from a, a real life basketball background would have never expected, you know, opportunities like this to even be available, um, let alone presented to me. So you know, I'm definitely grateful for that. Um, you know, <clears throat> my team was pretty good to start. Um, over the year, I grew as a coach. Um, I was in the running for head coach of the year in 2K. Like I said, my first year made it to the championship. So I was happy with that. Now, obviously, you know, um, a little disappointed with making it that far. Um, coming in, you know, our goal was to win a championship. I know all teams say that, but that was truly our goal with the team that we had. You know, we, we definitely could have pulled that off, but, you know, the better team won. And, um, you know, if, if I return, I'm not sure what's going to happen, but if I return next year, hopefully, you know, I get some of those guys back and we can finish the job out. But, um, like I said before, definitely mixed, mixed emotions, still happy with the result um, as far as, you know, my team making it so far with our best record in franchise history, just two games away from, you know, winning the championship. Congratulations on that. No, that's awesome. First year head coach uh, in the running for coach of the year, like you said, and no, those are some good features. Um, but like you said, it's going from real live basketball to a 2K. It's probably an adjustment. But I know I think you started off with the Bucks before you uh, joined the Warriors few years ago with the Bucks, how did that initially get brought up? How was your initial start with the NBA and uh, how'd you get your foot in the door basically? For sure. So, you know, during my college career, um, I, I played at two different schools. My first school was Northwood University. It's now known as Kaiser. Um, it's in West Palm Beach, Florida. Um, so I was there and then I transferred to Urbana. So when I transferred to Urbana, I want to say that was 2014, 2015, it was my junior year. Um, that summer, um, you know, I dedicated my time to, you know, traveling and learning a little bit about, you know, other opportunities other than just playing the game. So, um, you know, I, I traveled to some AAU tournaments in Columbus, um, traveled to some Nike events like the top skills academies for uh, sophomores in high schools and juniors in high schools. And then, you know, I, I created a lot of relationships. And one of the relationships I, uh, you know, created was with a guy um, who I call TB. He actually works for the Bucks. But at the time, he was working with the NBA league office. So, <clears throat> you know, just having that relationship, um, he was really cool, laid back. Um, you know, he really, you know, made me feel comfortable with the discussions that we had. Um, anytime I reached out to him, he would reach back out. And he, he received an opportunity to work with the Bucks, I think, two years after my, I met him. And, you know, 
from there it was just all up you know they they reached out to me him and uh you know their gm i think he's third in charge right now he's a vp of personnel his name's dave dean they interviewed me for like 15 minutes then they called me later that day i think it was two hours later like hey how, how fast can you move to milwaukee and then from there that's how my nba career started so yeah good for you now as yep. like you said <clears throat> and as you know i'm starting to realize this like profession is all about networking connections and you know, sure. just maintaining and building relationships as much as, much as you can. So, no, good for you. Sure. Um, kind of going back to the Warriors stuff now, and uh, I think player development is your title mm-hmm. at, with the Warriors, the, the Santa Cruz Warriors. <clears throat> and so I'm, I'm assuming that kind of lessened a little bit once you took the head coaching job with the, the gaming team. But what, were you, what was your primary role within that organization, the, the G League squad? So what's kind of cool about this is the, the seasons offset one another. So um, when I was with Santa Cruz, none of my responsibilities diminished. Um, you know, they, they all stayed true. And then once the season was over, then I go to, um, you know, I would go to the 2K team and I would become a head coach. But from that time, I would no longer be working with the G League uh, team, Santa Cruz Warriors, the season would be over. So um, a little bit of what I did with the Santa Cruz Warriors day-to-day operation. So, Anything logistical from, you know, as far as picking up players, bringing them to the arena, uh, you know, arena setup, um, you know, helping with laundry, packing bags for the road trips, uh, you know, anything logistically you could think of, I have my hands in. Now, you know, as far as the player development role went, a lot of people think player development just on the court. Um, For me, it was on and off the court. So um, in terms of on the court, you know, I obviously practice every now and then. It wasn't as much as I thought it would be, but I would practice when they needed guys to hop in. Um, you know, but I was responsible for, you know, after hours. So say a guy hit me up at 11 o'clock, I was responsible for opening up our gym, working him out at any time he called me and then I would just go back home. So that was the player development side on the court. Now off the court is which, uh, you know, the position I really want to get into that had more to do with, you know, these other opportunities that our NBA players don't really know about, or they just, you know, don't take advantage of. And it's my job to, you know, open their eyes up to these opportunities. So, you know, some of the things that we did, um, you know, I set up an NBA, uh, a tour for our whole team at the NBA league office in New York, um, which, like I said, from A to Z, I I planned that out, made sure we all got there, got a tour. Um, I also got in touch with Sony uh, and PlayStation, which their headquarters in California, I think it's like 45 minute drive. I believe it's in San Mateo where our whole team, I got us a tour there. So we, we literally went through all the PlayStation, um, you know, saw the games, how they're made, the sound system, all of that. So um, that's, that's a lot of what I did. Now, as far as the executive side, um, you know, I helped with trading players, drafting players, um, you know, I did scouting reports, I did film. Um, so I, I have my hand in a lot of things. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I did mainly for the G League team. Now, you're a young guy in the profession. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And you're around a lot of guys who may be older than you and more well-versed and experienced in this perfection, mm-hmm. profession. How did you gain respect so quickly? I mean, you said that you're, you're hands-on with a lot of stuff and you're responsible for a lot of things. What did you do to, um, I guess, take over this role and gain so much respect so quickly? For sure. Um, and I think you two can attest to this. Like, I know you guys are younger than me, but you know me just as well as anybody else, you know, that been the same as um, CJ. I've known you since you were, you know, younger. But I think the thing that has, you know, separated myself from others is I speak my mind I just speak my mind and you know I think in this profession a lot of people are afraid to do that and it's a skill to it right like 
I don't speak my mind in an ignorant way. I don't speak my mind in a, you know, a derogatory way. I just professionally, you know, hey, I see where you're coming from, but this is what I think. I'm not a yes man. So I think as you, you know, as me growing up being young, but also I've played the game, you know, I've, I'm very diverse in the sense of, you know, the people I communicate with, um, I think I've gained respect just because people know I'm, I'm a, a no BS guy. Like I'm gonna tell you how I feel and it's up to you to take it and, and respect it and, and agree to disagree. But you know, I'm gonna give you my honest opinion. And I think you don't get a lot of young guys doing that. You get a lot of young guys that just say yes, or I agree with you because they wanna continue to make it. But what happens is it can come back to bite you. And I'd rather just go out swinging, just go out with what I truly believe. And if I think a guy's not good and he deserves to be traded, and my whole staff thinks he stays, I'm going to speak up and say, hey, I, I don't think this guy's that good. And that's just, I'll, I'll end on that. You know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, I, I, that's just what, and I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. You know, if they were like, hey, you don't know basketball, like, we don't need you anymore, fine. But I'd rather myself give you, you know, my honest opinion as opposed to put on this mask every day and have to uphold this, you know, uphold this uh, kind of demeanor that I, I carry myself with. So just want to give you a quick update before I go back to Flan. Uh, <laughs> Appreciate it. The Bucks uh, won an OT, 118-115. Uh, wow. uh, Middleton wow. hit a, a three with about 15 seconds to go that uh, kind of sealed the deal. But sealed the deal. That's big time. Appreciate that, CJ. No problem. No problem. <laughs> you guys do it all, man. You guys do it all. <laughs> Live, Live updates, man. <laughs> right. You know it. We don't get paid enough for that. But uh... <laughs> Y'all don't, man. I need to dive into my stash if I had any money. Look. <laughs> Um, no, that's good stuff. I, I like that, you know, speaking your mind and uh, obviously just kind of being yourself in this profession doesn't really come often with a lot of the people, you know, yes man type people that we see mm -hmm. um, so much of these days. And uh, going back to, you know, how you got your foot in the door and mm -hmm. when you got approached mm -hmm. or how did you, like, how did it happen? The Warriors Gaming Head sure. Coach, how did you get approached by it? How was that process? Um, I'll let you take it away from there. And break it yeah. down for the viewer at home because I know my dad, my dad he sees me playing 2K. Right, And I told right. him that Mike is uh, part of this. He's like, what the hell is they need, right. they need to be coached for? So explain that right. for the viewer what, at home. Man, I've, I've, I've literally explained this probably over 150 times in the past six months, so I'm fine with it. But it all came about, man. It's a funny story. So I – um. You know, I got offered the Warriors job. Um, like I said, I ran, just, just like you, Sean, you know, I kind of told you a story about summer league, right? We work summer league, um, mending those relationships and making sure you maintain them. So um, the GM of the Santa Cruz Warriors was out there, got offered a job, right, a couple months later after summer league. So I'll say, like, literally a week or two later, he, I get a text. I'm, I'm talking to my dad outside. We're just talking driving before I leave for San Francisco. And he's like, hey, you play 2K? Like, straight up. He didn't even say, hey, Mike, how you doing? Like, I, he was like, do you play 2K? So at the time, I'm like, I know he's not about to ask me, do I want to be on the roster? You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm not that good. So, so I told him, I was like, you know, yeah, I play 2K, but I'm not like a superstar. Like, I'm not crazy right. good at it. Like, but like you're a normal player, like I can keep up with him. So he's like, yeah, but can you draw plays? Like, would you be comfortable like drawing up plays and coaching? So I'm like, at this point, I'm like, is he asked me to coach 2K? So I was just like, I mean, y'all can draw plays. Like, he's like, all right, well, do you want to interview for, you know, the, the 2K league team? So I told him at first, I initially declined it. I was just like, you know, um, unfortunately, like, you know, and I was like, you know, I'm grateful that you thought about me. You know, I'm, I'm very thankful, but I, I don't, I don't want to interview. You know what I mean? Like, I've, right. I've read, and, and my thinking behind that is like longevity, right? Like, so long term, I don't see myself being a, a 2K head coach for 10 years, right? Like, I just don't. And, and I'm thinking like, okay, well, if I, after the G League season, 
you know, I'm not sure if you're familiar, Sean, but I know Mike Brown is, he's with the Nigerian national team. So I'm like, hey, like after G League season, I can go with Mike Brown, go to the Olympics and work with them. Or, you know, hey, I can come back home, Cleveland, see if anything else is available. But the issue is if I do 2K, then I'm just, I'm held to that. I'm limited. Right. I have to do that. I'm missing on these other networking opportunities. So um, I declined it. But something told me, and I'm big on this, always send a thank you text. Always, always. So I just said, you know, hey, you know, I really appreciate you thinking about me. That was very thoughtful. Like, I really appreciate it. And he sent me that text. Like, I still think you should interview. So at that moment, I'm like, man, like, I'm talking to my dad. I'm like, I really feel like he's basically telling me it's my job if I interview. So I knew, like, thinking about it, like, I'm like, okay. They have a good team, right? Like, 2K is really on the rise. Yeah. I'm like, you know, um, being a head coach is cool, obviously. The money has to be good if you're a head coach. Just being honest, it has to be good. <laughs> right. and, and my last thought is, like, the only way I'm doing this is they pay for my housing. Like, I'm not going out there spending money on, in California on an apartment. So, if, if they pay for me to live in California, if they pay, pay me well, you know, the team has a chance to win, uh, you know, and it's a good opportunity, good resume builder, let's do it. So, um, I took the risk and now, I mean, to kind of break down what I did, um, you know, obviously the 2K players are good enough, right? But what they lack is that real life basketball um, knowledge. So when, in terms of that, like, it's basically, um, you know, bridging the gap between, you know, 2K, cause you know, in 2K you can do certain things, right? You got the glitches, you got certain fluke <laughs> stuff that you can abuse. So it's like having a balance of that but also understanding like, hey, if a guy's open in a corner and it's three or five guys on you and you're trying to do a post fade, just get out to the corner and let him hit a three, right? Hey, I know this guy doesn't have the badges or you know, his type of player is not an offensive player, but he can still cut. And if you hit him, he doesn't have to shoot. He can make an extra pass, but the defense will collapse. So it was really mainly just helping him understand like, just because I tell you to do something doesn't mean like you have to do that and it's all done. You know what I mean? So if I right. tell you to cut, it doesn't mean like you have to shoot off the cut. It just means give you some action so we get more spacing. Um, also, just really, you know, being able to – because these guys are young. I had a guy, as young as I think 19 on my team. You know what I mean? And they're dealing with, like, 60K, 60K. Yeah. And, you know, they're living on their own. So, <clears throat> just checking in with them. Um, I'm a big people's person, relationships, right? So, just making sure family's good, um, you know, making sure everybody's on the same page. Um, you know, I, I had to – I had to – Sit a guy that had six players. I was only five can play. I had to bench a guy, one of my better players, benched him uh, for the remainder of the season and brought him back in the playoffs. Uh, you know, so I had some tough decisions to make, but it's definitely some coaching involved, but a lot of it is just five, I mean, five out, pick and roll, pick and roll. But, you know, I'll add some plays. And, you know, you be in my part, man. You seeing it, man. It's pick and roll, pick and roll. If you're not a point guard or yeah, you ain't going to see much. So. You know, I get that. I get that. And, yep. like, from obviously, like you said, it's it's a great opportunity. You never know what could happen. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just kind of taking the right the right opportunities and taking it head on. But you know, from watching, and I think like the pandemic kind of in a way helped because sure. you guys are one of the only you know organizations that can be mm -hmm. seen on an ESPN level consistently. And um, you know, I was even at times finding myself just flipping through channels and watching <laughs> it. And I'm like. But anyways, you know, I, like from that though, like I see it and I obviously notice that you're in there and you're, you're doing well with it. But, you know, I, from a coaching perspective, like I, I've seen like, okay, you, you make a bucket, you drop back in defense, you hate, you see dudes tapping like three, two zone or two, three yep, zone yep, and going yep, in a yep, pick yep. Is there like a schematic plan behind that? I always was wondering like. Yeah. So the reason why you put um, the players in three, two zone is to, so defensively their bodies are shifted. So when you're a man, um, you know, you get the arrow connected to the guy. 
So wherever that guy is, right, like, you know, your dad will say up the line or something, right? So, but if you're in a 3-2 zone, they're not really playing 3-2 zone. They're still playing man, but it gives their body more, like, free range of movement. Right. So if, if you're playing five, like, say, for instance, you with your boys and you're playing a wreck and y'all go 3-2 zone, say I'm playing off ball, I can face – the ball, like I don't have to be. It's hard to explain. Like yeah, no, you know, I, I don't that. have my hand in the. I don't have my hand in the passing lane. I'm just right. staring at the ball. If he back doors, all I have to do is take a step over. I can spam max still. So that was the plan behind that. Um, you know, it's a it's a lot of stuff, and that's not a glitch, but that's definitely something. You know, you see a team. It's a copycat league, so you see a team do it, and then like you know, GMs are like, well, why? Why, why are they doing 3-2? We need to check this out. Now everybody does 3-2, right? Like it was the same with the centers. Like one of the best teams, the Raptors. They had their center bringing the ball up. And then, like, for, I think, a two-week spurt, you know, everybody had their centers bringing the ball up. I didn't have mine, but, like, everybody else had their centers just bringing the ball up. So, um, that's that. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely it's definitely some systematic plans to it. Like, the pick and roll thing, it's just your, your point guard is just the best player. He is your right. best chance to score. He's the best passer. So, that's why they have the ball in their hands all the time. And, you know, when, when you play 2K with five other guys, it's hard to make the right passes because guys are just spamming X. They're just spamming a steal button, just, just waiting on it. Like, they won't even be in the play, but they're just pressing X, hoping the ball comes in the direction of steal. So, that's why they do a lot of pick and roll, um, the, the, you know, duration of the game or, or most of the game, I should say. Yeah, definitely, because I'm playing the rec a lot, Jordan, uh, Pro-Am and, and so forth and whatnot. And – when you play with the more competitive guys, you start to realize that everyone wants the same damn offense and the same defense. <laughs> right. And I'm a type of guy, so my guy's always in the damn corner. You feel yep, me? Just, it's just you like, only gonna get two shots if you shoot three. Yep. I'm getting I'm getting about three shots a game. I might got to get a leak out here and there, but yeah. I mean, outside of that, stay in that damn corner and be ready. Yep. yep. PJ Tucker you'll right cut, there. Yo, move. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm literally PJ Tucker, man. I'm up the six nine. I mean, two K three on out soon, but I mean, or if it's already out, but yeah, that's yep, how. Yep. Yeah, but um, I'm interested about this one because I might never be allowed back in Cleveland after I say this, but I'm a big Steph guy. Uh, oh man, here we go. Uh, big Steph guy. I remember back at Davidson, and that's when it all started, and then wherever he went, yep. that's where I was going. But um, so I follow the Warriors a lot, uh, a lot more closely than most, and. Obviously, it was a down year for the for the NBA team, but due to injury and so forth and whatnot. So yeah. it was a rebuilding, retooling year. So I began to focus a little bit on the uh, the younger guys they had. So like yeah. Jordan Poole, um, Alan Smiljiak, how you say his name? Yeah, Smiley. We call him Smiley, yep. Smiley. And then um, Kai Bowman, um, Pascal, Kai you guys Bowman, had. Yep. So MP. you got to see these guys <laughs> uh, a lot this year. Right. So like what guys do you think um, – can help out going forward with uh with the main team. Um, so I'll start with EP. Uh, like me and EP actually grew close uh, during the whole pandemic because he was still out there. And, um, you know, obviously word gets around like, hey, he works for the Warriors too, blah blah. So I would go over EP's house. Like we play. I actually played the 2K against EP. So like EP is my guy, but he he definitely can help. Draymond type of guy, possibly. Well, I wouldn't say better offensive player though. Um, you know, athletic. He, he he's good. EP's really good. So I think EP immediate help. Um, you know, Smiley. Smiley has a very very high upside. You know, I seen Smiley for two years. So the first year I saw him was two years ago when I was working with the Bucks. They played against us. And he had his best game, but on film he looked terrible. Like I'm like, why is everybody so hyped about this guy? Not knowing he was all of 18 or 19. You know what I mean? So um, having him this past year. 
the development was ridiculous. Like, he's starting to shoot the tray ball. Like, that's their main focus with him. You know, his footwork is great, soft hands, smart guy. Like, he wants to get better. He, he, he's immature at times, but he, he's coming in and get his work in. So, Smiley, I don't know if he can help right away next year. I mean, I'm, I'm expecting us to get some guys back, make some moves. But, you know, I, I definitely see Smiley helping in the near future. Um, <clears throat> Jordan Poole is good, man. He's a, he's a wild card just because, you know, you don't know what you want from him. Do you want him to be a combo guard? Do you want him to just be a pure three-point shooter? You know what I mean? So, um, it's, it's going to be a lot of like a, a – how can I explain it? Like a test in a sense, you know, with whether or not, you know, can, can he handle the ball and make the right play four out of five times in a pick and roll? Or is this a guy – kind of like CJ's my player where we just gonna have him in the corner and let us work out and then kick it to him and we expect him to hit two out of three you know what I mean so that's 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 JP that's my outlook on him and Kai Bowman I mean he he impressed me a lot just because you know coming in you, you probably don't think Kai Bowman gets a lot of minutes right you know obviously you get you know um you got Steph you got Clay you got all these other guys possibly another guard if, if it's a winning year so but Kai man we had him on the G League scene too I had all those guys have EP on, on the G League scene at one point, but Kai a little more than the others, where he's one of the quickest, most athletic players in the league right now. If he can if he can learn to shoot the tray ball a little bit better, he's gonna be a problem. Like the kid and he and we call him Mr. 94. He picks up 94 feet. He's not backing down. So like he's good, man. He's good. Uh, just with Steph coming back and depending on what we do with the draft, it's just hard to say where all of these pieces fall. You know what I mean? Because we can go we can go in numerous of my directions, which I don't know. So I hope you guys don't ask me. <laughs> but no, no, no. On a serious note, no, no, no. But on a serious note, I don't, I don't, you know, we can go many ways. If you look at our roster, like, you know, some people may say hey, they don't need anything, but believe it or not, you know, we, we got some little holes that we need to plug in. So um, just depending on, like I said, depending on where we draft that will also depend on, you know, where the help is coming from, from those four guys you mentioned. Uh. I think this is a big one right here, and I'm sure Flan will like this one. So when you watch the playoffs, well, the bubble now, I guess, and you see a lot of the teams, a lot of the guys had roots in the G League. I mean, you look at the Raptors, for example, or a bunch of their guys. I mean, think about uh, Siakam. You look at the Heat right now who are impressing everyone. They have guys who came up through that, undrafted guys. What did you? What do you see up close and personal and how um, those guys at that level can, I don't know, the, the player development stuff and how they translate their skills to the next level. Because for the longest time, there weren't, really, there weren't many guys who were translating from the D league at the time to the NBA. But now you see it all over the damn league where guys started in the G league. And now they're not just rotation guys. They're sometimes the guy on certain teams. So you made a good point and I've never thought about this, but it just registered in my mind. So I've had a couple of G league guys, uh, you know, Christian Wood, perfect example. I'll just use him. And I actually just talked about him. Um, you know, Chris Boucher or Boucher or whatever from the Raptors, right? Um, the list goes on. I think a lot of times, man, it's not the the skill factor. It's something else lacking. Christian Wood was an NBA player for the past four years. You know what I mean? But what's lacking, whether that's, you know, he can't make practice on time, you know, whether it's, you know, he, he drinks too much. He's, he, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? I, I right. seriously don't know. But a lot of times that's the issue. And I think what it's come to now is <clears throat> the balance of how good is a guy, right? So, like, can this guy help us win? And do we need him? So now, instead of looking at it as just, like, you know, you're elites, right? Like, LeBron can do anything he wants. Like, you know what I mean? He's going to find a team. Like, he can, I think now it's starting to trickle down to the G League, too. Like, the top players, I'm not going to say they can do whatever they want, but if you're a top player, 
cream of the crop, like somebody's gonna take a flyer on you, right? Like they they're gonna they're gonna wonder what are you about? You know what I mean? Like Christian Wood, like a team's not just gonna pass up. Like Christian Wood in the G League when I was with him was getting 36 and 16. Like it was normal for him to get a 40 and 18 night. Like it wasn't like crazy to us anymore because we've seen it over the course of the whole G League season, 50 games or how many games it was. So it's like for a team that's, you know, struggling, why wouldn't you take a flight? You know what I mean? Like, what worse can happen? You know what I mean? Obviously, your locker room is probably not good. You're not winning games. Like, you might as well see if this guy really that bad. You know what I mean? Or is it something you can work with? So I think that's what it really is, like, how much the organizations are, are willing to, you know, give a little bit, you know, as opposed to take and, uh, you know, let up on that leash a little bit in the sense of, you know, being so strong and focused on my way, my way. Like, guys aren't perfect. You know what I mean? Like, Everybody, look at Dennis Rodman, you know what I mean? Like, it's just that he had a coach who could figure it out. Hey, Dennis Rodman, he needs to party in order to get the best version of him. It's nothing against him, but that's just him. So, team, that's Jordan, Scotty, you know, Steve, everybody else, you guys can't do this. But Dennis can because he needs it. He needs it for himself. And if he's good and he's doing that, guess what? We're going to be the best team and we'll be good. And I think teams are – finally starting to understand that you know what I mean so as opposed to you know before coaches were like no you're gonna respect me like it has to be this way now it's just hey like we just need to do what's best for the team you know what I mean like, at this right. point like I'll put my pride aside like we want to win so I think that's what it's come to yeah that's good stuff and I think yeah. G League is starting to I think we're in the beginning of them gaining more traction now and you know, them doing the – I think they're just starting, like, the Rising elite Stars team. team yeah, the, team, yeah the what they're doing. Team, and yep. and once high school players are going to be able to be eligible for the draft, who knows? I think it's just going to continue to grow and be sure. more prevalent for sure. But, you know, back to the bubble, like CJ said, what have, what's what been your thoughts so far kind of watching, you know, you being involved within the organizations and in the league? Uh, what's What's been your thoughts and how this has been going? I actually liked it. Um, again, don't make some motions. Like, obviously, you want to see the fans there, get that real feel, see people, you know, live fans at least, you know, screaming, throwing stuff, the drama, the storyline. But it's been really interesting to see, you know, these other guys step up, you know, TJ Warren, right? Like, who would have ever thought? And don't get me wrong, great player, but TJ Warren, Luka Doncic, everybody knew how good he was, but for him to display this, you know, in the bubble, first time ever in the bubble against the Clippers, even though they lost, was – ridiculous um trying to think of some other players you know just any any player who had an opportunity you know to make a name for themselves right make a name for themselves I just think it's great and I think everybody's playing a lot freer because there's no fans there mm -hmm. so um it's been good I've I've been impressed with the heat obviously um you know I I knew that it would be a, a tough series but I never would think they would be 3-0 now 3-1 but you know 3-0 up on the bucks I just never thought that um you know, the Celtics was, was my team for the East. They went up 2-0, now it's 2-2. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's it's been great to see, man. I know the Rockets, I think the Rockets playing the Lakers right now. Uh, yeah, they, or, or, or 830, yeah. So at 830, you know, I'm going I'm to tune in to that. But that first game was amazing. So I think now that the players are starting to get a little bit close and close, guys are playing a little bit harder. You know, at each level, it's a little bit more tighter. So, but I've been, I've been good. Man. I, I really like, I, I really enjoyed the bubble. Um Wish again, wish circumstances allow fans, but basketball is basketball, so absolutely. No, I agree with you. It's been high level basketball for sure. Yeah. Um, one more question from like oh. the standpoint that I think that I think you'll probably you know, you get this question a lot. Like you said, you get the mm -hmm. question about how did you know you becoming a head coach in the gaming league come mm -hmm. about, but what is if you could put 
one big difference or maybe a, you know, a general difference, what is the difference or the biggest difference you've noticed from G League, real basketball, on the court to 2K, head coaching job? Um, Tough question. I'm sure there's a, t- yeah, a lot. Right? It's, yeah, it's, I'll just go with the – I mean, it's the, the most apparent one is, you know, as a coach, you can't really, you know, in a sense, I won't say punish, but I, I can't make my team go run suicides, right? I think you guys may have seen on Instagram the one time where his uh, character or whatever, like, was struggling in a game and he made him run suicides. <laughs> like, I can't make my guys, you know, go outside and say, hey, run suicides. Like, you guys aren't listening. Or, hey, you, you came to practice. Like, I can find them, but, like, I don't want to be that guy. Like, to find, like I'd much rather you, you know, feel it in a sense of, like, you know, endurance, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to work for this. You need to respect me as a coach. So I think that's the big one. Uh, and I'll give you one more. I think also, like, you know, in the G League, guys want to get better. Like, you know, they because they have another level to get to. So I would get calls, like I said, at 10, 11 o'clock, come back in the gym, you know, work guys out. Um, you know, in 2K, after practice, four-hour practice, you know, granted, it is tiring. You stand on the screen for four hours. Guys, guys are hopping on different games, like these lollipop games where, you know, it's colorful. <laughs> I don't know what the game is. If you guys are gamers, it's like they're, it's like a, a Hunger Games for little kids. And I'm like, <laughs> you, you know exactly what I'm saying. You probably play it. Sean, I don't know, I don't know the name. I don't, I've seen it, man. Sean plays it. Sean Sway. Sean plays that game, man. Look, I'm trying to be a pro yeah. gamer. <laughs> but, but, yeah, man, they'll, they'll play that game. Or, you know, they don't come in and, like, really, really – and it, it sounds funny to, like, well, how can you get better? But, like, the timing, right, the timing of your shot, like, we have, like, a monitor and, like, a system where they can go in there at any time and shoot with each other. So my thing is, like, why aren't you doing that? And it's just because they made it to that level. There's nobody above them, and they get paid handsomely. They, they live rent-free. You know what I mean? Like, who, what 18, 19, 20-year-old you going to tell to practice more when they're getting paid? You know what I mean? What they're getting paid. So um, that's, that's the toughest for me. But um, all in all, it was a good, it was a good experience, man. And, you know, we made the most of it. I got uh, – I had to ask you a Steph question, obviously. That's my guy. Oh, you're good. You're good. So, Steph was rehabbing this year, and yes. when he came down, <laughs> yep. he got sent down to the G League uh, for a yes, day. he did. Were you there? I was there. <laughs> what was that day? Like, I heard the scrimmage was crazy. Oh, it was ridiculous. So, I mean, first off, Steph is just everything you would think he was, man. Like, cool dude. Um, you know, he talks to everybody. Um, so, I'll just – put it into perspective so you know we always have a team meeting right before we watch film you know but we have a team meeting and everybody's out there Steph comes strolling in late so you know our guys you don't care who you are hey fifty dollars like fine like you're late (laughs) you're late so he so he goes out like oh my bad guys like I got you like my bad I didn't mean to come late like Steph Curry first off you know (laughs) we should have been going to San Francisco Steph should not have to come to Santa Cruz (laughs) he came to Santa Cruz us and then apologized for being late like he wasn't the unanimous MVP before so I just think that was cool and then you know as we got he, he stretched with us he did everything he didn't do his own thing he did everything the team did when we got into scrimmages he played it like it was the NBA finals I mean he's in the he's literally in the huddle with the coach like our coach is Chris Weems drawing up plays telling guys no 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 like next play slip he's dapping up guys when they're doing the right thing like he's dapping me up hey was that a nice pass like you know he, he cool man now on his skill level, quickest release I've ever seen by far. From from the ball touching the ground back to his like back to his it's ridiculous. Like the way he can make a move and then get that thing in his pocket and let it go, I've never seen anything like it. And I mean, 
from that day after he left Santa Cruz, I said he's ready. He, he's playing next game. It's it's no way. Like he's going to play next game. He's gonna. And I almost had the task of having to check him. So I'm glad <laughs> I didn't have to, because I, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even breathe near him. But um, yeah, Steph. He's man. It was it was crazy, man. We got a little picture with him. Um, you know, I did film with him. He he took a little cool picture. We got him. Uh, you know, he had his locker. His locker was in our locker room, obviously. We got a little nameplate. He took a picture with the nameplate saying, like, you know, guys, guys speed almost there. So it was cool, man. It was cool for him to be so down to earth, um, you know, with our G League guys, our G League staff. And, you know, um, it was just a good experience. Gotcha. Yeah. Anything uh, – what you, what, what you got next, Flan? Um, that's great stuff about Steph, too. I think it's kind of a yeah. story that maybe from the outsider's perspective, not many people realize, you know, you get hurt, you, no matter what level, you might go down and you have to work with guys and get yourself sure. back, get your feet back under you. But it's cool to see guys like him and his pedigree, you know, being that so uh, even keel and humble. And, you know, I think that's kind of what separates guys at his level that, you know, you talked about before that some people just have that skill, but they might not have, the full part or they might have a little bit something going on that we don't really know about, but you know, that's pretty awesome. For um, sure. For sure. And just one last question I have regarding uh, before we get to like a rapid fire segment, uh, what have you learned? You know, you've been doing this for a few years now. You've been, you know, mm -hmm. bouncing around a little bit, you made connections like crazy and working hard. Um, you know, what's been like a takeaway and what have you learned so far from, from this process? Um, so I would say uh, three things. So the first, never, I won't say never, what, what I, what I would, I would, I would never tell, you know, an organization or if an organization presented something to me that I wasn't comfortable with, or I didn't want to do, I would never tell them that's what I want to do or accept it. So for example, if I knew analytics was the only job open in the NBA right now, I wouldn't apply for it. Like just to get my foot in the door, reason being, and, and this may sound crazy, but a lot of times you get stuck to that and you get strong suit. Now in my, in my situation, you know, I came in as a basketball operations assistant or intern. I had no idea what that was, but what that allowed me to do was divvy my hand in so many different things where then I can kind of figure out what I wanted to do. So that's different. Like if you don't want, if you want to be a head coach, then yes, you can go into basketball operations. That's fine. But like mainly statistics, like anything analytics I wouldn't do because it's so like, prevalent right now everybody loves analytics and like guys are just getting into the NBA for analytics and I know people like this but they don't want to do it they just want to get in the NBA so now they're stuck doing analytics and now they have to make a decision whether or not hey like do I stay doing this or do I you know hop out and do something else so that's one um two like I mentioned before always just be yourself like you know if if you believe in something strongly, speak your mind, man. They'll respect you so much more as opposed to you being a yes man. And that's just through, again, my experience. I can't speak for anyone else, but, you know, if you're a yes man, they're going to treat you as such. So they'll walk over you. Um, you know, they, they won't really take your opinion as much. But if you stand for what you believe in and, like, you tell them how you feel, they won't look at you like, like CJ said, you know, a young guy. They won't look – like, they don't look at me like that. Like, in the draft room, they ask for my – they ask my opinions. Like, I did draft work. And we got the number draft, I mean, uh, the second draft pick in the league. You know what I mean? And, and I was doing draft work. I was telling them this is who we should go with. I was making phone calls. I was doing this at age 26. This is my first year with the Warriors. So it's like they won't look at you as young. It's whatever you present yourself as. So, again, if you – if they like, hey, go pick up that trash over there, and you do that every day, they're going to look at you as a trash man. <laughs> right? Like, but, but if you – 
if 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 you telling them, hey, I want I want to work guys out, and you working guys out every day, they don't look at you as a trainer. Like it's just whatever you present. So that's what I would say. And then third, um, connections. Like honestly, that's all it is. My first job I didn't get because I was the best. It had nothing to do with that. I, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. It was every other person who applied for that job was better than me, and I don't I don't doubt that one bit. And when I say better, I mean you know up to par for the the job description and requirements. But one thing they were lacking was personality. You can't teach that. And, and you know, I, I'm able to connect on a deeper level with different people. And you can't, you just can't teach that. You can't teach, you know, personality. You can't teach that stuff. You can teach how to do film. You know, <laughs> you can teach, you can teach how to, you know, uh, how to, uh, you know, I don't know, ca- call out different plays at the right. Like all of that is, are skills that can be, you know, obtained. Can't teach somebody how to be personable. So um, with that. Use your gift if you have it. Meet more people, you know, make connections. And, and Sean, you made a great point. Don't just make the connections, but you got to maintain them. And what I mean by that is you don't maintain connections by hitting a guy up every week. You hit them up with valuable information. Valuable information. I'm telling you, an executive doesn't love anything more than valuable information. And they may even know the valuable information. But just say, hey, like, hey, I see so-and-so made this blockbuster trade. Congrats. Like, I think... X, Y, and Z will be perfect in this position, especially with you guys running the elbow offense. What? That, you, you give an executive that, they're like, oh, let me text him right back. But if you just say, hey, what's up? Just checking in. Scroll, scroll. You know what I mean? People just checking in. You know what I mean? So I think maintaining that relationship um, is huge because you got to think, man, like, and I've realized this over quarantine, you know, on LinkedIn, I put out a message where I was like, hey, young professionals, anybody? Um, you know, at, at this time, time of need, you know, everybody's going through something. If you want to talk about how to get into sports, like, let me know. Mind you, like, I'm I'm still working. I'm not a high-level executive. I'm still at the very bottom, making my way up. And, you know, I had 90 requests to talk to me, over 90. So imagine a top-level executive, how many are in his inbox. You got to make a, you got to make an impression. And then once you make that impression, you got to stay on them. You got to stay on them. So those, those are my three takeaways. I know you said one, but three. No, that's good. That's perfect. Yep. All right. Well, said some great stuff, but I think it's time to get into that rapid fire segment. Um, just, we're going to add some quick hitters and first thing that come to mind or just, be- you know how this should go. Hell. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So me and Flang going to go back and forth. I'm going to start it off. Oh, what music are you listening to right now? Man, that young dog, young dog, young dog. Okay. New, new young dog. Yep. R and B to hey. be specific. That's the song. R and B. Okay. <laughs> Favorite player. This gonna come to surprise. Well, I still, I still go Russ, Russ, Russ. Okay. Okay. Russy. Okay. Going with the NBA guys. Give me your top five right now. That's in the bubble or just period. Period. I know, I know there's too many questions, but not including injury because I'm saying KD going to be in. Oh, if, if everything was on a perfect playing field. Okay, bet, bet, bet. Steph, Clay, Bron, um, In case you didn't know, he works for the Warriors, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm going to add another one in there. Yeah, Draymond. Uh, I'll say, yeah, right. I'll say Giannis, and then one more. I'll spice it up. I'll say Luka. Okay. All right. Yeah. If you had to choose or play another sport aside from basketball, what would it be? It would have been baseball. I played baseball when I was younger, so yeah, baseball. Favorite snack? 
probably Lay's barbecue chips. <laughs> it was go crazy. I get a bag of them. <laughs> <laughs> if you had one superpower, what would it be? <laughs> Good question. Probably be able to fly. Okay. Okay. So I think we gotta gotta ask you this one. Who you got in the finals, man, and who you got winning it? I have man, because I've been going back and forth on this. Okay. I'll say Clippers, Boston, Clippers win it all. Okay. Clippers, Boston, Clippers win it all. One more, I mean, not basketball-wise. I also got the Clippers, so it's CJ. But favorite that's movie? Favorite movie. Man, that's hard because I got a lot. <laughs> Do favorite actor, man. I like Leonardo DiCaprio, man. Um, What's my favorite movie? Man, that's too tough, man. Come on, man. Give me three. Give me two. <laughs> you could, all right, just give me, give me a, give me a, a movie couple, right now. Give me a couple. Right, yeah. All right, I'll say, I'll say, uh, I'll say Great Gatsby. Let's play. Okay. Let's play a Great Gatsby, yeah. Talking about DiCaprio, I just got in tune with the Shutter Island one. That was tough. That was tough. That was really good. He got a couple. Wolf of Wall Street, come on, man. Oh, yeah. He's that dude. He's that dude. <laughs> but the older, the, older, the older crowd, Titanic, like, I got a couple, man. He's serious. He's mm-hmm. serious. No, he definitely tough, man. He definitely tough. Yeah. Yes, sir. Well, you got um, – so you got a lot of connects, man. You well-connected, well-versed. Um. Who do you recommend come on the pod next, man? It can be anybody that we know, that you know. Who you think would be good for this uh, format? That's tough, man. Um, Putting you on the spot today. I know. I know. I'm trying to think of somebody who who's in the – oh, I got Mark Murray. Mark Murray. I That's think Mark one. Murray would be great. I think Mark Murray, just because, you know, I, I don't talk to him as as much as I would like. Um, obviously, we're doing two different things, but – you know, being able to graduate with him, you know, we were in the same class, obviously, right? And, you know, he went on, played Division three basketball, went on to play D2. I finished, he didn't. But to see him, he made the move quicker than me. And I think that that, that takes a lot of maturity. So, you know, he, I think he went to Capitol. I'm not sure exactly where he went, but I think he stopped playing his sophomore, junior year. He became a manager at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. So he, he was already thinking a lot of steps ahead. And that's how I kind of look at myself as my junior year of college. I was playing still. I already have shifted my mind to I want to be an executive. So to see him, you know, now to see where he's at, I think he, he had a stint with the, for people who don't know, the Indiana Pacers. He was an intern. Nice with Clutch. He, he just recently got promoted. Um, so he, he's doing an amazing job, man. He's doing a great job. I've seen him a couple of times around. I know he's at Summer League a couple of times. I've seen him at some other events. Uh, we actually had one of his guy, Nurkic. Um, you know, he called me about him. We had him down with us as well. So, I mean, he's he's really involved. Obviously, a St. Ed's alum. So, um can't go wrong with those, but yeah, Mark Murray, is a, he's, he's a big time guy. If you can get him on here, I would recommend him. That's good stuff. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Well, yes, sir. I mean, that's, that's all from me. All I got, CJ, you got anything else? Oh, uh, no, man. It was a great talk, man. I mean, no, Mike, I don't know. I was probably like, I don't know, seven, eight, young nine years old. He was young, man. I was young, man. Team Berea Sports and King James, so forth yeah. and whatnot. And it's cool to link back up with you, man, because you always was good people. Um, even back at Bedford, you always looked out, uh, always was mature, always. Uh, you just never – it was never no no BS on Mike, and that's what I think yeah. is, for the listeners at home, I think they uh, will be able to take away that from this talk. Um, sure, Coach Flan, uh, 
has his favorite point guard right here, uh, Mike Newton. But uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> he better look. Hey, <laughs> hey, he better. I don't care if shot on the right of me, man. He better. Yeah, it's man. not me. I'll tell you that. It's not me. Look, I, it's whoever won the stage, man. It's between <laughs> Sam and Malcolm, man. <laughs> but no, guys. But seriously, guys, no. Um, appreciate you guys having me. Like I said, I look at both of you like my little brother, Sean. You already know, man, from the time, you know. You've been running around St. Ed's for I don't know how long. And, you know, obviously your father, you know, he did what he did for me that summer. So I got really close to you. Um, and then CJ, you know, we, we dang near grew up together. You know what I mean? Seeing you, Lil Isaiah, um, and the rest of you guys, knuckleheads running around. Um, it's, it's cool. Seriously, it's cool to see you guys grow up doing your thing. Um, just continue to do that. And like I said, whenever you guys need anything, just let me know. Hopefully I can help out, um, lead you the right direction. But just keep working. This is cool what you guys got going on. Continue to use your platform. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. Thank yep. you for taking your time. You know, you, you got big things going on and, you know, you're a busy man right now. So we appreciate you taking your time and coming on and joining us. Anytime for my Esme, man. Anytime for my Esme, <laughs> guys. Go Eagles. You know it. Yep, absolutely. Pre appreciate you guys, man. Appreciate you. Hey, go Eagles and Ed's up. <laughs>